Thanks, Pastor Jim. I also had a really wonderful time at the retreat. Uh, anytime you have such godly men coming together and encouraging each other and psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, making melody in our hearts to the Lord and lifting each other up in the word, it's just a glorious time. Uh, we, we discussed, uh, I'm going to give you all a, a quick rundown of some of the things that we talked about. Uh, we discussed in our first session uh, purpose versus task. Uh, purpose versus charge. A lot of us confuse the two. Um, our purpose as believers in Christ being to bring God glory here in this life. Uh, our purpose to bring God glory through worship, the things that we say, and our lifestyle, the things that we do. Uh, worship acknowledging God's glory and then uh, having a lifestyle pleasing to God and in obedience to him, that is wisdom. And so we, we talked about that being our purpose um, and how difficult things get for us when we don't fulfill our purpose, right? And that is not just us. That's anything. We, we discussed using uh, a tool in your toolbox uh, outside of its purpose, and it just leads to frustration. It leads to difficulty. So this is our purpose, to glorify God in the things that we say and do and then we have our tasks and our charge, which are the things that the, the scripture commands us to uh, evangelize, to be um, spending time in the word, to be uh, encouraging each other, to be serving in the church. And those are our tasks or our charges. Never should those things become our purpose. Our purpose should never become to raise a family. Our purpose should never be to evangelize. Our purpose is glorifying God in all that we say and do. And through that purpose, then we are truly able to fulfill our tasks and our charges in life. Um, now, glorifying God in our worship and lifestyle, um, the, the prerequisite to both of those is the fear of the Lord. Um, now, we spent the three sessions at the men's retreat speaking about worship, and now we'll, we'll discuss the, the prequel to that, the fear of the Lord. We're going to do this uh, Tolkien style where we have the, the trilogy yesterday, and then now we're going to go to the prequel. Uh, but the fear of the Lord is, is an enormously uh, important subject, and it is um, the prerequisite for true and godly worship. And it's the prerequisite to having a lifestyle full of wisdom that pleases the Lord and that is in obedience to him. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Oh, Heavenly Father, you are all wise and you are wisdom itself. Um, Lord, I am fully inadequate to um, discuss the high and lofty truths of who you are and our relationship to you. And so I pray that your spirit would be active in all of our hearts and our minds, that you would elucidate the truths uh, in our hearts. Um, we just pray for your uh, wisdom and guidance during this time. Lord, I pray that uh, through learning the fear of the Lord, we would bow our hearts, we would bend our knees, uh, that you would make us humble, that we would turn our eyes from evil things, and that we would cast down our idols. Uh, Lord, teach our hearts the fear of the Lord. In your name, amen. Um, Isaiah chapter 33, verse 6. 
let's all turn there. It says, The fear of the Lord is his treasure. The whole verse, And wisdom and knowledge shall be the stability of thy times and strength of salvation. The fear of the Lord is his treasure. Uh, now that you've just gotten to Isaiah 33, 6, let's turn to Psalm 25, uh, verse 12 through 14. And it says, What man is he that feareth the Lord? Him shall he teach in the way that he shall choose. His soul shall dwell at ease, and his seed shall inherit the earth. The secret of the Lord is with them that fear him, and he will show them his covenant. What secret of the Lord will the Lord show to them that fear him? The secrets of his character the secrets of his nature, the secrets of the truths revealed in his word to those that fear him. The secret of wisdom, the Lord has created the earth and all that in it is. And the Lord will reveal the secrets of this life, how to live in a way that pleases him and how to be obedient to him. So many people, when studying the fear of the Lord or hearing about the fear of the Lord, think that the fear of the Lord is a, a dark and negative topic, something that, oof, you know, I wish, I wish Christi Christianity wasn't so um, dark. Uh, therefore, they, they may not want to study it. My prayer for you is that there is a, a slight amount of righteous indignation that I would try to cover a topic like the fear of the Lord in 45 minutes and that you go and make a whole study of this yourself. Um, when we look at it in the scriptures, um, when you look at the fear of the Lord, we find that the, the word speaks of it in an overwhelmingly positive light. It's not a negative thing. It's not a dark thing. Um, it is our treasure. It is something to be greatly desired. Um, as we read, the fear of the Lord is our treasure in Isaiah 33, verse 6. Uh, we see that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom in Proverbs 1, verse 7. The fear of the Lord prolongs our days, Proverbs 10, verse 21. The fear of the Lord tendeth to life, Proverbs 19, 23. The fear of the Lord is clean and it endures forever, Psalm 19, verse 9. It garners instruction for life and for wisdom from the Lord, Psalm 25, 12 through 14. So it seems like the fear of the Lord is more than just a necessary evil that we need to be informed about. The fear of God is truly a treasure to seek after. So what is the fear of the Lord? What is fear when we look at the word and it speaks of the fear of the Lord? Uh, in, the, in the New Testament, the, the word is phobos or where we get our word phobia. Now, uh, probably most of us are pretty familiar with phobias. Um, I can think of people in this congregation who may have arachnophobia, the fear of spiders. I can think of one person in particular that has pyrophobia, the fear of fires. Hi, Lord. Um, so that phobia implies a terror or a dread of things in the way that we use it. Um, in the in the scriptures, it's used. It's the word that's used for the disciples 
when they thought they saw a ghost, and it was the Lord Jesus Christ walking on water. Um, It's used for terror in that regard. Uh, The fear of the Lord Phobos is the word used for reverence uh, with which we are to share our faith in 1 Peter 3, verse 15. And the fear of the Lord Phobos is the word used for the awe that came over the early church as God worked wonders among them in Acts chapter 2, verse 43. So for the unbeliever, the fear of the Lord is, Then shall he say also unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. Matthew 25, verse 41. For the unbeliever, the fear of the Lord is, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. For the unbeliever, the fear of the Lord is, he that believeth on him hath life, and he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. John 3.36 For the believer, the fear of the Lord is, For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Uh, The Lord has all wisdom, and his ways are unfathomable. It's Isaiah 55, verse 9. For the believer, the fear of the Lord is, there is a sin that leads to death. That when we stray far out of fellowship with the Lord, he is willing as a loving father, to chastise us, even to the point of death, so that we do not damage our testimony to others. For the believer, the fear of the Lord is, wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way, by taking heed thereto according to thy word. With my whole heart have I sought thee. O let me not wander from thy commandments. Thy word have I hid in my heart, that I might not sin against thee. Psalm 119, 9 through 11. And for the believer, the fear of the Lord is, If thou, O Lord, shouldst mark iniquities, O Lord, who should stand? But there is forgiveness with thee, that thou mayest be feared. So, the fear of the Lord is what made Daniel choose God's way over man's way, even if it meant death when he uh, decided and purposed in his heart that he would not eat the king's meat or drink the king's wine. Seems like a little thing to us, but Daniel feared the Lord more than he feared death. The fear of the Lord is what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego not be careful to answer the king when they chose the worship of God over life. They feared God more than they feared the fiery furnace. The fear of the Lord is what made David risk mockery, death, and defeat for Israel when he decided to fight Goliath in the strength and power of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is what made Paul witness to King Agrippa rather than defend himself from death. The fear of the Lord is what drives the unbeliever to belief, and it's what drives the disobedient child of God to obedience. It's what should make us cringe when we hear God's name taken in vain, especially by a believer. 
It's what should make us appalled at over-familiar with Jesus when we hear people say, Jesus is my homeboy, or a little bit of coffee and a whole lot of Jesus, flippant things like that. So, a question for you. In the context of the fear of the Lord binding our wandering heart to God and telling us that Christ is the only thing worth pursuing, I ask, do you fail to worship the Lord because it's boring or it's dull? Do you turn down service and ministry because of hobbies or social events? Do you pass on witnessing because you're afraid of other people's opinions or what they might think about you? Now, these questions are not designed to make you feel guilty, as they do make me feel guilty, but they're not designed to make you feel guilty, but to show us the value of the fear of the Lord, how it truly is our treasure, how it makes us do the things and love the things in life that are truly worth doing and loving. Perhaps we've answered yes to some of these questions because we make godliness more about principles than the person of Christ. Perhaps we answer yes to these questions because we make godliness more about a facade than the fear of the Lord. So the fear of the Lord is like a lens. The fear of the Lord is like a lens that helps us see God and this world in a way that the natural man doesn't. Um, It helps us see the wisdom of God. It helps us see him in his glory and in his attributes. Um, It helps us see the Lord in a way that that we are intended to our purpose of bringing glory to God here on this earth. So when we talk about the fear of the Lord being lenses that help us see God in his glory and help us see the world in the wisdom that he intended us to, what value would be attached to such lenses? Um, for you gamers out there, it's, it's the cheat code of life, right? Um, when we know the fear of the Lord, when we know his wisdom, uh, that allows us to know what the important things of life are. Uh, it, gives us, it brings us into true sanctification. What value should be attached to that. Truly, the fear of the Lord is our treasure. Uh, There was a a television series that came out in the 90s uh, where the the main premise was that a man would get tomorrow's headlines of a newspaper today. And and he, the the protagonist, uh, used tomorrow's headlines that he was getting today for good to help people and to, to... intervene in bad situations, but his friend used tomorrow's headlines today uh, to make money and to exploit things and and for his own purposes. But uh, imagine with me for for just a second, what value would would you attach to having tomorrow's newspaper headlines today? And uh, that would be a, a pretty cool thing to have. The fear of the Lord is so much more valuable. Uh, because truly we see uh, how we are to live as God intended us to live. So we see how the fear of the Lord is a prerequisite to worship. Uh, Psalm chapter uh, 5, verse 7, it says, In thy fear will I worship towards thy holy temple. 
Revelation 14, 6-7, it says, Then I saw another angel flying directly overhead, and he had an eternal gospel to proclaim to those who lived on the earth, to every nation, tribe, language, and people. He declared it in a loud voice, Fear God and give him glory, because the hour of his judgment has arrived, and worship the one who made heaven and earth, the sea and the springs of water. Also in Revelation 15, 4, who will not fear you, O Lord, and give and glorify your name, because you alone are holy. All nations will come and worship before you, for your righteous acts have been revealed. So we see in all these verses that worship of the Lord and the fear of the Lord are inextricably linked. Um, we cannot have true worship of God without the fear of the Lord. We also see throughout Scripture that fear of the Lord is the prerequisite to true wisdom. Um, let's turn in our Bibles to Proverbs chapter 1, verses 1 through 7. It says, The Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel, to know wisdom and instruction, to perceive the words of understanding, to receive the instruction of wisdom, justice, and judgment, and equity, to give subtlety to the simple, to the young man, knowledge and discretion. A wise man will hear and will increase learning, and a man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsels, to understand a proverb and the interpretation, the words of the wise and their dark sayings. So this is the, the kind of, um, if you will, the abstract of the book of Proverbs. And then in... Uh, verse 7, we see the thesis statement for the book. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Uh, remember, the fool hath said in his heart, there is no God. Proverbs, the book of Proverbs, you know, the book that we generally consider wisdom to be the, the whole theme, the book of Proverbs is really start to finish also about the fear of the Lord. In the first several chapters, we see the fear of the Lord mentioned many times. Uh, but then um, even at the very end in Proverbs 31, the Proverbs 31 woman is not how women are to be industrious. Um, it's not about um, a powerful woman. Uh, but what does it say at the very end of Proverbs 31 uh, in verse 30? Favor is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman that feareth the Lord... She shall be praised. So yes, Proverbs 31 woman is virtuous. Yes, she is industrious. But that stems from the fear of the Lord. That is the deeper characteristic that characterizes the Proverbs 31 woman. So uh, yes, Proverbs is about wisdom. Yes, there is much wisdom to be uh, gleaned from it. But it's also about the fear of the Lord as the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So the fear of the Lord helps us glorify God and fulfill our purpose of worshiping God by acknowledging his glory and wisdom by helping us glorify God with our lifestyle. Let's look at some particular ways that the fear of the Lord leads us into worship and the fear of the Lord leads us to wisdom. So number one, fear of the Lord drives us to the ground where true worship takes place. Um, the word for wisdom in the Greek is proskuneo, and it literally means to kiss the ground prostrated before a superior. 
um, true worship does not take place equal in our hearts to God. Um, it's offered from the ground uh, with a realization of God in his infinite glory and us in our uh, vile state apart from Christ. And so fear drives us to the ground where true worship takes place. Let's look at the book of Revelation, chapter 1, verse 17. And remember, this is the account of John on the Isle of Patmos. He was in the Spirit on the Lord's day uh, when he has this vision of Christ. And he uh, describes Christ's gloriousness, his attributes, and he has this real experience with Christ. And it says in verse 17, And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. So true worship, true experience of the glory of the Lord drives us to the ground in worship. The fear of the Lord drives us to the ground where true worship takes place. Uh, Let's also look at the book of Job, chapter 40. Chapter 40, verse 4. And uh, for context, this is um, this is where the the Lord has appeared to Job and revealed part of his character, part of his nature to Job. And Job answers and says, "Behold, I am vile. What shall I answer thee? I will lay my hand upon my mouth. I am vile." When Job experiences God's glory, he realizes, I am vile. Now, Job could have said, uh, sorry, Lord, I just, I wasn't thinking, you know, I, I, my, my tongue slipped a little bit and I just wasn't thinking. Uh, but the fear of the Lord, the experience with God drove him to the ground to realize, I am vile. And then uh, across the page in chapter 42, Uh, Verses 1 through 6, Job answered the Lord and said, I know that thou canst do everything, and that no thought can be withholden from thee. Who is he that hideth counsel without knowledge? Therefore have I uttered that I understood not, things too wonderful for me, which I knew not. Here I beseech thee, and I will speak. Uh, I will demand of thee, and declare thou unto me. I have heard of thee by the hearing of the ear, but now mine eye seeth thee. Wherefore, I abhor myself and repent in dust and ashes. Uh, That is the fear of the Lord. It drives us to the ground where we truly can worship uh, at God's footstool. Uh, So uh, most of us, myself included, really need help getting down on our knees. Um, You know, we're told to think powerful thoughts in modern day America and we're told that we're loved, we're worthy, we're valued, all of those things. Uh, We need help getting down on our knees. Uh, Worship cannot be uh, offered as equals to the Lord. Uh, It must be offered from the ground. And the fear of the Lord does that. When we see our vileness against God's greatness, how can we not uh, but fall to the ground in worship? Even as God's saved and adopted children, we can only approach him 
because of his graciousness, uh, his long-suffering, his mercy to allow us to, uh, not because we're in some VIP club. Um, a, a lot of us, for some reason, after we are saved and we understand a little bit about God's love and mercy, uh, we say, oh, great, well, now I can approach the throne of God in, in familiarity. And that is only because the Lord allows us to in his grace and mercy. Um, and we must be careful not to approach in over-familiarity, but from the ground. From the ground, we do see God's glory more clearly. Um, and so I would encourage us for, for us to rise up as a church of Grace Bible Church, uh, for us to rise up as the American church, we must first be driven to the ground in the fear of the Lord, where then we can truly worship Christ to a lost and dying world. So not only does fear drive us to the ground where true worship takes place, but worship broadens our adoration of God and fear intensifies it. So we, we should spend our whole lives getting to know God, God better and, and worshiping him more, learning his character and his attributes so that um, when we meet him face to face, uh, we will have by then lived a life full of worship uh, to the Lord. And in so doing, that expands our palette of, of colors with which we see the Lord. But the fear of the Lord makes those pastel colors into neon colors. When we think of the Lord and we think, oh, his, his mercy, that's, that's wonderful. I'm glad that the Lord has mercy. Uh, the fear of the Lord intensifies that to realize um, how great and truly wonderful his mercy and his love truly are. Uh, the fear of the Lord grips us. It's the impetus for the unsaved to cry out for mercy and for the believer to obey him. The fear of the Lord captures our gaze uh, so that everything else pales in comparison to him. Uh, remember the hymn, turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. In Isaiah chapter 29, verse 13, the sovereign master says, These people say they are loyal to me. They say wonderful things about me, but they are not really loyal to me and their worship consists of nothing but man-made ritual. When I read this, I, I feel convicted because uh, sometimes my worship consists of mouthing words um, to a song or uh, being very distracted while I uh, attempt to worship the Lord. That can be man-made ritual. The fear of the Lord grips us. It makes us so that our worship of the Lord is not merely man-made ritual. Without the fear of the Lord, we are at risk of becoming a country club, learning cool stuff to impress ourselves or others, um, or learning some sort of secret handshake of doctrine or ideology or humanist sort of philosophy. And the fear of the Lord intensifies what we learn. It helps us learn the doctrine for the sake of, of worship and for the sake of truly knowing who God is and experiencing him. Every attribute that we learn of God should cause us to fear God in some way. Uh, we have already mentioned a few times uh, Psalm 130 verses 3 and 4, but let's look at that here. Let's turn to that. Psalm chapter 130 verses 3 and 4. 
It says, If thou, Lord, shouldst mark iniquities, O Lord, who should stand? But there is forgiveness with thee, that thou mayest be feared. When we think about God's mercy in terms of how great he is, that to to wrong a great man is a great wrong, and God is the greatest of all. When we think about his power, that he is able to immediately undo us, uh, when we think about our baseness, our vileness as, as human beings, it really causes us to understand God's mercy in a new light, that the way his love and mercy is lavished on us, uh, that can also cause us to fear him. So worship broadens our adoration of God and fear intensifies it. Fear turns us towards God in worship or away from him in rebellion. So where the fear of the Lord is when we are in fellowship with God, it turns us toward God. If we are in rebellion to him, it turns us away from God. And one of the very first accounts in the scriptures is is an example of that, where Adam sinned. He feared God and he hid from the Lord after he sinned because he feared God and he was out of fellowship with him. Also in Jonah, chapter 4, verse 2, we see um, that Jonah uh, fled from the presence of the Lord because of God's graciousness, mercy, long-suffering, and kindness. Jonah did truly have the fear of the Lord, but as he was out of fellowship with God, it caused him to turn away from the Lord. So that's, that's a good evaluation of our own lives. If we are um, in fellowship with the Lord, the fear of the Lord turns us to him. If we're out of fellowship with the Lord, the fear of the Lord will make us run away from him. Now, where there is no fear of the Lord, there's complacency. Um, for the believer, uh, we might live without the fear of the Lord like this life is the only one that matters. Uh, We might live our life like this reality is the most real reality um, and conduct our business and our affairs that way. For the unbeliever, a lack of fear of the Lord um, is the one who says, there is no God. Uh, Once again, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. Um, That is not wisdom. Uh, What we fear, we worship. And what we worship fills our day planners and our conversations. Um, so the, the fear of the Lord leads to true worship. And uh, we can check ourselves that what we worship is what we can be sure will fill our day and our conversations. If there is fear of the Lord, there will be worship. And our conversations, our activities will reflect that. Uh, in John chapter 12, verse 42, it says, Many, even of the authorities, believed in him or believed in Jesus. Uh, But for fear of the Pharisees, they did not confess it, so that they would not be put out of the synagogue, for they loved the praise of man rather than the praise of God. So when we fear things beside the Lord, we will worship those things, whether it be money, whether it be leisure, whether it be popularity, power, prestige, any of those things, uh, if we fear the loss of those idols, we'll worship them. And then we will spend our time and our words 
to reflect that. So it's a, a great checkpoint for myself and for all of us to look at our day planners, look at what we talk about and the way that we converse with others. If, if the Lord is rarely mentioned, if the majority of our day is spent apart from the Lord, do we fear him? Do we worship him? Uh, we also see that uh, in, in 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 24, Saul said to Samuel, I have sinned, for I have transgressed the commandment of the Lord in your words, because I feared the people and obeyed their voice. Um, now, this is a, a kind of half-hearted confession from Saul after he showed partial obedience to the Lord in, in uh, sparing uh, some of the spoils of victory. Um, but but he relates an important truth to us that disobedience to the Lord comes when we fear people, when we fear man, and not when we fear the Lord. We obey their voice. So that is how the fear of the Lord, uh, a few ways of how the fear of the Lord interacts with with worship and causes us to worship the Lord. Uh, Now we move on to how the fear of the Lord helps us be wise, how the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord helps us live our lives in a way of obedience to the Lord that glorifies him. So the fear of the Lord helps us turn away from evil. Uh, We see that in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 7, where it says, uh, or starting in verse 5, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. Um, I, I postulated a very ridiculous game to Catherine, to my wife, uh, a few days ago. And that ridiculous game was um, where I have two cards that I offer. You, you choose one card and, you, and I give you a million dollars. You choose the other card and you are instantly shot. Now, how many of you would play that game? No hands going up. Good. (laughs) Um, And that is because uh, we fear death more than we want a million dollars, right? A 50% chance of death is on the line and a million dollars is our reward. Not many people are going to play that game. So perhaps we we, um, make the stakes a little bit different. I give you the choice of four cards, And three of those cards, if you choose one of those three, you make $10 million. But the one card, uh, you are instantly shot. Uh, So now we've got a 25% chance of death for a $10 million reward. My guess is that not many people here are are still going to play that game, and that's because we fear death more than we want $10 million. So... Each one of us would have, have you know, a, a threshold to play this stupid little game that I've concocted um, where there is a chance of death for some, some large amount of money. Um, but the point being that life offers us many, many, many things that will take our fear of the Lord away, that will take uh, our, our faith away, that will shipwreck our faith many ways to to die in our fellowship with the Lord. Um, and we must turn away from those potential sources of evil. Um, 
if we likened the fear of the Lord turning away from evil to that game and said, I do not want anything in my life that would potentially make me turn away from the Lord, how would our lives look? Um, When we have the fear of the Lord, it helps us truly turn away from evil. The things that life give us uh, that could shipwreck us, maybe that is an addiction. Uh, Maybe that's a a relationship that could turn us away from the Lord. Maybe it's way that we spend time. Maybe that's our our leisure time. Um, Maybe they seem harmless enough. Maybe there's only a 10% chance that uh, this activity is going to uh, turn us away from the Lord. But is it worth it? Is it worth it to you? So the fear of the Lord helps us turn away from evil. Uh, The fear of the Lord also makes things well for us uh, in this life. Proverbs 10.21, it says the fear of the Lord prolongs our days. Uh, Proverbs 14.26 says that in the fear of the Lord there is strong confidence. In Proverbs 19.23, it says the fear of the Lord tendeth to life. In verse 27, it says, the fear of the Lord is the fountain of life. In Psalm 119, verse 74, it says, they that fear thee will be glad or will be happy. So the good life, that's that's kind of what all of us want, right? I mean, not many people who are sitting here, if offered a good life, would turn it down. Um, we like that. And the fear of the Lord helps us have a truly good life. Um, That is because the Lord made the heavens and the earth. He created this entire universe. And his wisdom, his instruction um, helps us live the way that we are intended to live. It helps us fulfill our purpose here on life. Um, In the book of Ecclesiastes, a great book, you know, many people think the book of Ecclesiastes is a depressing book, but it's it's not. It's a wonderful, actually, I think, encouraging book uh, because it shows us that all of the things that we are tempted to pursue in life are nothing compared to uh, the Lord and living the way that he intended us to live. Uh, So we don't have to stress out. We don't have to make our purpose in life to be making money. We don't have to make our purpose in life to be mirth or leisure or wisdom or folly or any of these things mentioned in the book of Ecclesiastes. So the Ecclesiastes uh, delineates a whole list of things that are worthless, things like wisdom, work, long life, mirth, etc. Uh, but then the preacher in Ecclesiastes also says that some of these things truly are valuable. What is the difference What is the difference between some of these things that he says are worthless and also he says are valuable? In Ecclesiastes 8, verse 12, he says, um, uh, the fear of the Lord is the difference. Let's look at that verse. Though a sinner do evil a hundred times and his days be prolonged, yet surely I know that it shall be well with them that fear God, which fear before him. So when the fear of the Lord is our focus, all these other things um, will be well with us. Anything that comes into life will be well with us. In Proverbs 19.23, it says, The fear of the Lord tendeth to life. He that hath it shall sleep satisfied. Uh, boy, there's a multi-billion dollar industry on sleeping aids, right? 
Um, and uh, what a joy, what a privilege, what a pleasure to sleep satisfied. The fear of the Lord also makes us unafraid of death. Uh, now, there are many types of death, uh, relationships, physical death, emotional death, death of ambition or a journey. Death at its nature is just separation. Um, and we see many examples of that in the scriptures. As we mentioned, Daniel feared God more than the king or physical death. Uh, Paul feared God more than his reputation. Uh, the prophets feared God more than discomfort in this world. There's no greater power in life than to truly not fear death of any kind in wisdom. Uh, many people strive after legacy, strive after greatness or wealth uh, in an effort to, to try to live forever. But being unconcerned about death, uh, what a treasure that the fear of the Lord gives us uh, to not fear death. Um, so cultivating the fear of the Lord. You know, we've talked about the, the blessings of the fear of the Lord and how it is our treasure. But when we talk about cultivating the fear of the Lord, how do we do that? I, I wish it were as easy as, as me spitting out some principles in the last five minutes. Uh, but places to start that we see from Scripture. Um, if we look at Psalm 112, verses 1 through 3, um, it will tell us a good place to start. It says, Praise ye the Lord. Blessed is the man that feareth the Lord, that delighteth greatly in his commandments. So we can start pursuing the fear of the Lord by delighting in the Lord's commandments. Uh, remember, this is not a grievous thing. This is not a drudging thing. The fear of the Lord is our treasure. When we delight in his commandments, uh, life is well for us. Um, because we love God and we want to please him, we can delight in God's commandments. Um, the fear of the Lord is knowing that God's way is always the best way. Um, so delighting in the Lord's commands will help us cultivate the fear of the Lord. Uh, the other way that we can uh, cultivate the fear of the Lord is to run it down. Um, there was an article that came out in the 70s about Michael Bauman, the deer runner. Uh, this is a man that, um, that outran a deer over about 15 miles. Uh, his his, his uh, thinking was that deer are great short distance runners, great sprinters, and no chance that any human could out sprint a deer. But maybe if you pursued a deer on foot over a great many miles, maybe you could wear the deer down and catch up to it as it uh, succumbs to exhaustion. So he did it. He did it over the course of about uh, 15 miles at about a, a six minutes per mile pace. Oof. Something I can't even comprehend right now. <laughs> but um, if we pursued the fear of the Lord as a treasure, if we ran it down, if we pursued it uh, with the ardency that we pursue so many other things in life, um, then we may be able to understand the fear of the Lord. When we look um, at Proverbs chapter 2, 
uh, verses 1 through 4, it says, My son, if thou wilt receive my words and hide my commandments with thee, so that thou incline or alert thy ear unto wisdom and apply thy heart to understanding, yea, if thou criest after knowledge and liftest up thy voice for understanding, if thou seekest her as silver and searchest for her as for hid treasures, then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. So the fear of the Lord is a treasure to be pursued. Look at the, the words in that passage. Um, Receive my words and hide my commandments with thee. Incline thy ear. You know, we hear, hear the word incline and think maybe just listen. But inclining your ear is different. It's, it's listening intently. It's being alert to wisdom and applying thine heart to understanding. Probably each one of you have some phase of your life where you applied your heart to something. For me, it was medical school. And, um, you know, I think of those six-hour smash study lessons where I'd go through a thousand PowerPoint slides over, over six hours. Uh, that's applying your heart to something. And we are instructed to apply our heart to the most important thing that we can, which is the fear of the Lord and understanding and knowledge and wisdom. If you seek, if you cry for her uh, and lift up thy voice for understanding, if thou seek her as silver and search for her as hid treasures. Um, so that is powerful stuff. Does that character, characterize your walk with the Lord? Um, do you seek for his fear uh, like for hidden treasure? Uh, if we do, uh, then we will know the fear of the Lord. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. It may be here that you are to, it may be that you are here today and you have never had the fear of the Lord, um, that you have never considered that your sins have separated between you and the God of the universe. Um, I would encourage you to fear not them who have only the power to kill the body uh, and then can do no more, but fear the one that can cast you into hell. Believe in Christ's work on the cross. Ask God to forgive your sins and give you a clean heart. It may also be that you're here today as a saved child of God but have forgotten the fear of the Lord. Uh, seek it and search for it. Cry out for it and delight in the Lord's commands. Heavenly Father, thank you for... Uh, your fear that you put into our hearts. Lord, thank you for um, the fear of the Lord being a lens in our life to see you more clearly, uh, to see your greatness, to see your attributes, and to cause us to worship you. Lord, we thank you for your fear that also causes us to have wisdom, to understand how to go about our life, uh, how to understand the way that you have created this world. Um, to live a life that's pleasing and glorifying to you and thereby fulfill our purpose that you've given us in this life. I uh, pray that as we go our ways, Lord, that you would strengthen us, that you would uh, encourage us to, to search uh, the scriptures, to seek for wisdom and understanding, and to, to pursue, to run after the fear of the Lord. Uh, teach our hearts to fear you, Lord. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.